G'day and welcome to the Hunting Connection Podcast. My name is Zach Williams and I am your host. Here we'll connect you with hunters, fishers and outdoor enthusiasts from around the globe. This podcast will share hunting and fishing stories including past experiences and tackle the tough hunting stereotypes our community faces. We hope to be a positive influence to those outside the community while also having a laugh along the way. Hope you enjoy the podcast. G'day and welcome to another episode of Hunting Connection Podcast. Uh, today's guest, we have Couchy or Shannon from Send It Mate Podcast. How are you going? Good self. Yeah, good. Thank you, man. It's good to be on. It's good to have you on. I was going to get you on before you were uh, the new host on Send It Mate, but <laughs> here we are. You've got some episodes behind you now, so. Yeah, it's got, it's got the feet wet, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a steep learning curve. No, that's, it, it would be with those two boys. <laughs> it's it's support, sort of surprising like behind the mic without doing it beforehand. I guess I did had an episode with Centimate in the earlier season. Yeah. So, but beforehand, you sort of you don't think it's going to be that hard and then when you're behind the mic, it's like stage fright in a way. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's good to have the other two to bounce it off like yeah, when it's sure. just one-on-one interview <clears throat> podcast like this, you don't have that that dynamic, yeah. especially if you have a guest. You haven't had a guest on in person since you've been there. You've done a couple of Zoom ones, haven't you? Um yeah, mostly Zoom, yeah. so but then the latest one that'll come out the day before this, actually. So we've had Rusty on. So Wicked. So if you haven't listened to that, pause it right now, go listen to it, and then come and listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Rusty from uh, Scoped Out, he was an awesome guest. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, those boys have a pretty good podcast too. Um, Impact Dynamic, I believe it is. Yeah. Found everywhere podcasts can be found. Um, TikTok, all of that as well. Um, same as... Send it, mate. Yeah. Um, let's jump straight into it. Where are you from? Uh, originally from, well, moved around a fair bit as a kid. So it's a little hard one to sort of put a nail on, <laughs> but um, a pin on. But I was born in Warrantonville, Victoria. Um, all my family now is in Horsham in Victoria. So um, that's always going to be home. Yeah. But, beautiful little little part of Victoria, Horsham. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough to everything, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. How old are you, mate? I'm 33. 33. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. What do you do for work? I uh, work in civil construction. So I work as a team leader at the moment. Very and nice. And yeah, so the supervisor got made up to a manager and I'm pretty much doing his job as well as supervisor, so, but getting paid as a team leader. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> I, I swore you a lollipop girl last time I seen you working, <laughs> but... Um. <laughs> no, that's the time you drove past. I'm good at everything. How'd you get into hunting and fishing? Um, as a kid, my old man used to just go spotlighting and used to sit in the back and like too young to shoot. So yeah. you just sit there and sniff shells pretty much <laughs> and just sort of do all those things you do as a kid. And, um, that was always something we did as a family Yeah, early on. Was that chasing rabbits, foxes? Yeah, those two, yeah, rabbits, yeah. foxes. So I was just on the farm property. Very nice. Did you grow up eating the rabbits? Or? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh... It was a crumb of deep fried rabbit. It's probably Kentucky from fried. memory. Yeah, from memory, it was better than chicken. Oh, but dude. I haven't had that in years. It's amazing. I um cut all the meat off the bone and do like popcorn chicken with the rabbit pieces. Oh, nice. Uh, that's wicked. Yeah. If you go through, it takes a bit of time to do, but if you cut all the the meat off and then then um, batter it right and Kentucky fry it, oh, it's it's so good. It's sweet. I actually heard uh, one of the guys I work with actually. He's like, if you just marinate it in a, a vinegar and something else overnight and it just 
sort of breaks it up a little bit yeah. and tenderizes it. And he goes, they're gold. Yeah, hair's very much the same. That's yeah. what I've heard to do with hair. Rabbit, I haven't needed to do that. Um, have soaked it in milk with herbs and spices before I've Kentucky yeah. fried it. But you're nice. It goes real good. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not enough of them around anymore. Bloody Khaleesi virus. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I guess, the the purpose behind it. But, yeah. Uh, so it kills our fun, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it kills our fun and it kills our freezers, that's for sure. What type of gear are you running? As in... Rifles. So, rifles I've got... So, my main two is a, just a... Well, both Howard actions. Um, and Howard 308. That's got a KRG Bravo stock. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much going to be my Victoria gun now. And just got myself a 2D3 in a Howard. Nice. Um, that's got a MDT stock. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. So, that's going to be your South Australian gun then? pretty much. So, (laughs) South Australian sort of whatever and foxes. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that way, especially with Hills Properties and Southeast Blocks, you'll be able to take pretty much most things with that. At least we don't have any restrictions on calibers down here. (laughs) Yeah, so it's half the price to run it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm silly. I just went. I, I use the 300 for <laughs> for most things. <laughs> How much does the ammo for 300 cost? I don't know. I just buy it. Yeah, that's probably the better way to do it. <laughs> Close my eyes and yeah, hold my phone up next to the FPOS machine. <laughs> I can't imagine it'd be cheap. No, no. Um, I do have the 270, but I need to sight that back in. That's that's not too bad. Yeah. It needs some TLC first, but. <laughs> <laughs> so what type of things do you carry around in your pack when you go out um in my pack is well one that i sort of got to have is a hoochie yep so just for those times when well if it starts raining or whatever wind um it's just a good cover to sort of put up and it's easy to use do you carry that like on your southeast trips are you carrying that type of stuff or is that just for your backpack victoria trips um no southeast as well yeah so it's just sort of well the southeast camp there um it's just there's a lot of just gum trees there. So you know how gum trees are. They don't throw the best shade. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, good to just chuck up and just have that little extra cover. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Um, what type of pack are you running? Um, I was trying to remember this before and now I forget it. But that's... What literage is it? Uh, 65. Yep. That's, so, a, that's a decent size. Yeah. Um, it'll, it'll come to me in a sec. I'll probably have to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we can come back to that if you want. What type of tarp are you running for, like, your hoochie setup? Okay. Um, I don't really have any sort of certain setup. It's generally just a lean-to. Yeah. Um, there's a few times where there's a bunch of us together and we'll set up, like, two or three together. So it's mainly just a lean-to or a lean-to yeah. floor. Yeah. Um, it's just easiest to put up. And if it's not shit weather, then you can get away with that. Have you done many backpacking trip, trips to Victoria? Uh, a handful. Handful. So not so heaps, not as many as I'd like. What type of mattress, sleeping bag are you running on those backpacking um, trips? I just, I didn't really have a certain branded sort of blow up mattress, but yep. I'm not going to use that again. Pain <laughs> the other guys had the self inflatables, and I had yep. the one I had to actually blow up. Yeah, that's what I'm running at the moment. How much of a pain in the ass that is. <laughs> a BCF special. But um, like Josh said on the one of the past episodes, he just got the Alton um, hammock, was it? Yeah. But they do a um, Alton blow-up mattress. And they have this little um, bag that 
you blow up with like you suck air in and then you roll it into the mattress and yeah. it, I think I've seen that. that yeah, killer. They, it's, it's the coffin shaped. Uh, I believe so. Yes, but it's a uh, looks like good gear that Oltong gear. So I'm keen to hear um Josh's reviews on the hammock setup that he's. Yeah, I think that's was the, it a hammock he got. I'm pretty sure it was. Nah, it's not a hammock because I don't think he trusts it. But it's just the um, Alton. It's pretty much a hoochie. Yeah. But what do you mean he doesn't trust a hammock? He's not doesn't actually weigh anything, so it's. Not yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, as far as I know, he just doesn't want to. Well, for me, like the hammock seems like an awkward spot, way to sleep. Just that body angle. Yeah. But, it seems um, like you'd get lots of air under underneath and. Yeah. You'd get cold at night. Like that's what I found when I went to New Zealand backpack hunting. The mattress I have got a lot of like air underneath it. It wasn't thermal like it wasn't a thermal mattress, so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just air in it. So it got pretty cold from the ground. There's them um them hammock ones that almost have like a sleeping bag underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen those. That'd uh, be go. Yeah, I just got a um tarp, little light back backpack lightweight tarp to yeah. use as a ground sheet with my Huntech bivy, so hopefully that, that helps. I might do a couple testers before I go to New Zealand again. But <laughs> definitely <laughs> test it before you go there. So So sixty five litre bag. Um what else are you carrying in it? What are you water bottle or are you um, um bladder? So I've got a just a clear two litre water bottle that I like to have. Yeah. And then it's a five litre just bladder. Yeah. So I've got a couple of different sort of bladders, just the like five-liter five sort of bottle bladder, and then you got your um, Camelback as well. Yeah. Do you like the Camelback more than bottle or...? Camelback's easy if you're tracking along. Yeah. So How do you find hose. cleaning it in the off time? Don't clean it. <laughs> Don't clean it. <laughs> <laughs> Does yours go all black and gunky nah, <laughs> as well? No, nah. I've got um, just a clear a clear bladder. Yeah. So like there's not sort of... You can see what's in it. Yeah. So, and I haven't noticed any sort of... Um, or don't look at or anything like that. <laughs> don't look at it with the lights on. Then <laughs> <laughs> they haven't looked at it in a while, so I'll, they, probably, I'll probably check that out for this week. They gunk up pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure, it all helps the immune system anyway. I remember as a kid, actually, um, Camelbacks. We had one, and it was more for motorbikes. And I was that sort of fixated on Milo back then. Yeah. And for some reason, I thought it was a great idea to chuck Milo in the Camelback. And <laughs> it was great at the time, but after like a few hours, it warms up and then you stop drinking it. And then <laughs> it's just what it leaves behind. It was just, it just destroyed it. Whoops would make the Milo pretty interesting in there. You'd have a yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice thick shake. Like an oath. Heat and whoops. and <laughs> Start with uh, Milo and end up with cream at the end. Milo yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your top begin tip for someone getting into hunting and the outdoors? Um, top beginner tip would be, well, first you just got to find someone to like, I guess give you pointers and just help or at least talk to, to just find out the do's and don'ts and just those little sort of tips that'll make your life easier. Yeah. Especially when you're doing it like deer or anything like that that's on foot. And So do you think social media is beneficial for... Stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Because you do see people ask the beginner type questions and they get roasted by the guys. Yeah. <laughs> guys that have spent years, years on it because they might have not questioned, like question, like ask the question quite right and then they just get 
absolutely obliterated. But yeah. then you see those real helpful threads and podcasts I find. Yeah. Yeah, podcasts good. are great. Especially when you break down bits and pieces like this and you guys do it on Send It Mate quite a bit, break yeah. down bits and pieces and lots of great beginner tips and do's and don'ts. And, <laughs> mm. and I find like the people that are going to ask that question about hunting aren't the people that have got access yeah. or the people that, you know, it's sort of in the family and stuff like that. They're, they're not the people to ask about it because they grew up with it and lived with it. Are you also a member of the ADA like the other yeah. boys? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So this is my first year, so I've got to build up points. Yeah. So, so how are you finding that? Um, I like it. So the guys there all seem sort of accommodating and they're all willing to help out. And like the last cull they did, so all the deer got brought back to the camp. Yep. And then everyone sort of either just claimed a deer to sort of take his meat. But then there was people just going around helping people butcher the deer. And there was there's plenty of people there that are really aren't knowledgeable in that sort of thing. That's good. So they've they've claimed their deer and then they're trying to work it out. And you see, <laughs> it sort can of, be daunting if you haven't done too many of them. So. Oh, it's even more daunting when you got people watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's people there that will just go around and give you a hand or teach and yeah, because there's talk you through it. there's always been a stigma with the ADA. Like it's full like the people that have been in it the longest get all the all the benefits and the new guys miss out. But after speaking to you, Hainsey, um, Richo and a bunch of the other guys that have joined yeah. the ADA, it, it definitely sounds like that's not what it's like anymore. And they're very accommodating for new hunters. Yeah. And like what I like about it as well is like there was um recent change of president. Yeah. But they're all around our age. Yeah. So perfect. in their thirties. So you haven't got some 65-year-old. <laughs> Not run by boomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't got that sort of like old stigma that's sort of in... Obviously, there's the people that are still part of the board and all that. Yeah. And there's a few people there that were founders and all that, but um, they're, they're pretty good as well. That's good. So. Um, how'd you find coming from Victoria where you've got plenty of public land to do lots of great stuff to South Australia where we're just shut out of everything? <laughs> well... I guess for hunting wise, I like apart from just the bunny busting and all that yeah. with the family, I didn't really do much hunting when I was in Vic. So that was after the army when I came to Adelaide, I'd started getting hunting with Josh. Yeah. Um, but just in general, like the river, for example, or a creek in Vic, you had access to fifty meters outside that creek yeah. to access anywhere. But here, everyone owns to the water or even inside it. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's a pain in the ass unless you have a shack on the river. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I'm fortunate enough to, um, Mrs. Family's got one. But Oh, I uh, know who I'm hitting up in summer then. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's sort of like coming from, you know, not having one. It's quite frustrating. And did you find the, uh, f- you were quite young, obviously, when you lived in Victoria, but did you find the fishing licenses beneficial for oh. over there? I rate fishing licenses as long as you can control or they're transparent in the way it's spent. So much like Victoria is. You yeah. see all the stocking programs, mm. the revamp programs and of boat ramps and access points. and Yeah. So, like, as much as uh, a lot of people probably hate this, I yeah. kind of wish they brought that here to yeah. South Look, Australia. I'm 100% for fishing licenses in South Australia if we have people that can manage it and the all the money goes back into 
yeah, restocking and helping our fish species, you know, our, you know, how good would it be if we had way more stocking of Murray cod in the oh, actual river than there is? It'd be gold. I know that there's um, people that are a part of it and they do stock a fair few Murray cod and other natives into the river, which is really good, but if we had a license that could back that stocking program up and <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just money for, to help out. Like, you know, your, your, your parks and probably not so much parks and that, but your ranges and all that, that sort yeah. of are involved. It just creates jobs on that. It does. It creates jobs with the breeding mm. of the, the fish, the fish farms and all of that. And, you know, in Victoria, they stock local parks with silver perch and rainbow trout. Yeah. So just places like Mawson Lakes here in South Australia is just like a suburban lake, but in Victoria they'd stock that with fish for families to Good go fish. down and catch. Yeah, <laughs> I was fishing there on the weekend. I took a a new a guy who's been on this podcast, Greg. Yeah. He hasn't done any outdoorsy stuff. So on the weekend we took him out and caught his first couple of fish. So he was pretty stoked. But they were like goldfish carp cross. Yeah, <laughs> crosses. <laughs> Actually, I went fishing there not long ago in the Morsons, and I was sitting there just oh, what was the lure? Yeah. Just flicking around, and then this couple walk past this older couple, and they're like, "Oh, are you allowed to fish here?" <laughs> I'm like, "Pretty sure, like, of course. Why? Why couldn't you?" There's no signs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, apart unless it's a reservoir or anything. Yeah, over no South Australia's starting to release more access to reservoirs, but yeah, well, they've um, got the licensing system for that and the stocking, and it's yeah. But like, apart from that, there's no other reason why you can't. I know the Salisbury Council is pretty hard on it. Um, so, uh, sorry, Playford Council is pretty hard on it. This area has yeah. a few wetlands, and yeah. there's no fishing signs, and kids get fined. Really, and parents get fined all the time for taking their kids out. That's a problem with these days. Like back when we were kids, <laughs> yeah. you could go anywhere and do whatever you sort of wanted, as long as you're not harming or damaging. And you didn't property. have IDs when you were a kid, so you could just get yeah. away with it. <laughs> yeah, just bail. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, it, it is quite disappointing because there's some local lakes that are full of carp that mm. we could definitely go take them all out by taking kids down there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it gives them something to do rather than just strolling this, well, yeah, strolling through the streets. And just... Oh, this area is shocking for it. If you gave these these kids something to do, yeah, <laughs> they'd, they'd be off the streets doing stupid shit. That's for sure. Um, so did we cover top beginner tip? Uh, it was just sort of, yeah, just yeah, to find someone. Yeah. That's, that's right. Um, what's your top five items for a beginner getting into shooting? It's, it depends on what shooting you're doing. Um, but I guess binos is probably going to be hard to beat with anything, apart from spotlighting. You really don't need them with them. Yep. So what, what type of binos are you running? Uh, I've got the Vortex um, Diamondback. Yep. Yeah. So nice, nice, well-ranged... Yeah, they're not too bad. Like, obviously, you can probably get better cl- clarity and all that. In others, because what but. is it? It's the I know I'll go over this every other podcast because <laughs> everyone's running Diamondbacks, but it's like Crossfires, Diamondbacks, and then um, there's one above above them. But yeah, I, it's, I can't think of it. The Diamondbacks are that that middle range that are yeah, they're probably slightly above the bottom range. Yeah, much, yeah. yeah. Which is I bought it because it was affordable. Yeah, and I guess it's. I think it's been said on your podcast, it's been probably said on anywhere Yeah, that if you can just buy what you can afford because yeah. it's better than not having anything. Exactly. So. Except for if it's, I'd say spend at least 400 yeah, 350 400 on a pair. I actually, and th- I actually got really lucky with my binos because <laughs> I, I think it was about 600 bucks. Yeah. 
and ordered them, got them sent. I oh, got them from eBay, and then they sent me the binos. I'm like, sweet, they're fine. And then two months later, I got another set of binos sent, <laughs> and this was just around the Christmas time. Yeah, so I reckon they had to fuck up the system. So some bastard sitting there in Christmas, about yes. to get his Christmas present. Probably didn't get his binos. <laughs> um, but then. Yeah, so I'm like, sweet. Well, I knew Caleb didn't have any binos, so I offered them to him for a decent price, and he took them. Yeah, you boys and <laughs> and that seem to get pretty lucky when you're buying shit online. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sold it to him, though. But sure, you did. <laughs> I ended up paying for my hunting pants that I needed to replace in Vic. So. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Hunter, you went to Hunter's Element, didn't you, on that Vic, yeah, Vic trip? Yeah, that was after a brand yeah. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Um, so binos? Uh so, I guess you can't get away with without a rifle. So it's just a twenty two is <laughs> yep. probably good for someone getting into it. Yep, perfect. Um, nothing, no reason to go a high caliber at the start, especially like for younger people. Yeah, it'll just sort of it'll cause them to sort of not enjoy it as much. Any brands you recommend for twenty twos? What I I'm fond of CZ. Yeah. So obviously CZ and Bruno's, but um, yeah. Mine's a CZ, mine's yep. a 22 Magnum. Yep. Um, obviously, Josh's and well, now Caleb's got the 22. Yeah. But we've all, we're, all used that. They're like, good calibers. Yeah. They they drop foxes, they drop rabbit's hairs. Yeah. And you can plink all day for reasonably cheap. Yeah, and they're just good. Not fun. so much the Magnum, but. <laughs> no, I'm looking at getting rid of that just for that purpose because I just want a 22 that I can just smash. Oh, keep the Magnum, man. So. I got the. I got the twenty two, the twenty two Magnum, and the twenty two Hornet, and they great. Yeah. Hornet's wicked. Yeah, nice. I'd recommend getting a Hornet. They're so much fun. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess another item would be rangefinder. Like it's hard to unless you're shooting within a hundred meters all the yeah. time, and you sort of that used to shooting a certain range, sort of spotlight and style. I guess you sort of get to a certain point where you you bring them into a certain range that you're comfortable with, and you can just you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, rangefinder is a big thing. Or I also recommend if you do get a rangefinder, as you're sitting, whether you're calling in foxes, sitting off a rabbit warren, just range stuff. Sit there, rain, rain, guess the tree, and then range it. Yeah. Find another tree or a rock, guess it, and then range it. So that way you're getting your eye in so you can get a rough understanding of your distances. Yeah. I guess it's sort of, you sort of forget what. That's probably what they harped on with the army. There's a lot of setups where you'd, you'd find, just say you're doing a sort of short stop and you go and pick it and all that. Just for range calls and stuff, if something happened, you had three or four different references yeah. of ranges and stuff like that. So you could sort of real quickly sort of know a rough range within five minutes or so. So quick sidetrack, how long were you in the army for? Uh, four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyable? So, yeah. Like, <laughs> it I has would, its moments. I, I, would, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't suggest someone not to do it either. Like I learnt a lot, and it's it's pretty like it's it's like yeah, it's character building. Um, I feel like it sort of straightens a lot of people out. Yeah. It also you you sort of all meet at one maturity level. So <laughs> if, if the, you, the bar's pretty low, then <laughs> exactly. Judging from the few fellas that I've met that left the army, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few older fellas that I sort of joined up with, and you see their maturity level drop. <laughs> so everyone sort of matches this one point. It's generally at about 
you know, if you're 21 years old kind of thing, that's about the maturity that it will sit. So pretty much if you listen to Send It, mate, that's what the army maturity <laughs> level's like. Uh, Caleb brings it up a bit. He does, he yeah. does. He uh, grounds it very well most of the time. <laughs> yeah, he likes to join in as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's good fun. Um, so rifle, binos, rangefinder. Um, my five. We go... I guess bipod on that, on a rifle, yep. is gold. Yeah, I say. So. I find it very be- beneficial. What type of bipod are you running? Uh, I'm running the Vo- uh, Viper Tech. Yep. So, which is not too bad. They're about the same price as a Harris. And um, roughly, what's that for so people if they're looking? Well, when I purchased it, it was about 300 Yeah. So, so I just got the cheap. <laughs> the yeah. um, spiker one. <laughs> I, I mean Atlas, not Harris. When I said that, um, but yeah. So the only part I don't like about it is it slowly loosens at the um, fastening nut. Yeah, and it'll start swiveling on you. Uh-huh. And then there was a, there was a time when you sort of you just say you're aiming at Fox, and it just keeps moving. And you slowly, as you're turning, turn, it's loosening, and then loosening. And then you look at your bipod and it's almost on a 45 degrees of where your gun is and it just becomes unstable then. So I'm not sure if I'll buy one with a swivel to it next time. Would you go one of the, like the magnetic um, bipods they do? I haven't seen oh, I can't even remember the brand, but there's a magnetic one that's got some crazy magnet in it and it just... Ah. I'll send it to you after, yeah, <laughs> after the podcast. Work, oh, it's... I I can't even remember the brand, but yeah, no, mine's gone blank. But yeah, it's yeah. a magnetic one, so you can pop it on and off. And any, okay. anyone listening that knows, will, they'll be <laughs> screaming at me right now, like, "How can you forget that?" <laughs> one thing with a bipod as well, I've to have my fair share of eBay, just cheap, which is attractive at the time because they're fifty bucks. The Ryan special, yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, I've also snapped a lot of them as well. Yeah, wow. So, you must be pretty rough. <laughs> oh, well, one wasn't even my fault. It was a mate when we were in Vic shoot, um, shooting and I sat on the ground. You probably shouldn't do that for starters. <laughs> and then one of the guys stood back without looking. And stepped on And it. just stepped straight in the leg. Oh, no. And snapped that off. So I snapped the other leg off so it was actually even. <laughs> and then you and then, what, dropped the rifle like you did with Josh's the other day? or? <laughs> <laughs> well, if his rifle didn't weigh like 16 kilo... <laughs> I swear Bates and their heavy rifles just, it's always got shitloads of weight. I don't know how he can carry rifles heavier than him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gets falling over. Zombie apocalypse weapon. What are you going? It's been said, but I can't go past the samurai. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's just due to Walking Dead. <laughs> um, Michonne. Yeah. But um, a samurai... Just seems the easy choice. It's yeah. silent, it's deadly, and it's quick. A lot so. of sharpening. A lot of sharpening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you get used to it. There's probably a lot of downtime as well. There would be in a in a zombie apocalypse after you find a nice quiet place. <laughs> yeah. But um I don't know if there's only one weapon then samurai, but if you could have a gun. Yeah. Then it'd probably be a two D three sort of AR platform yeah, yeah that'd be that'd be the go what about australia legal 
What are you going, just a 22? Uh, someone's going to have to have a 223 AR around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you, we're not far from some army barracks, so there's, yeah, true. there's probably something. <laughs> what you'd you'd want to have, uh, you'd probably 223 or 308, it's probably your two calibers or 22. Yeah. That would be just easy to find, ra- or not easy, but the best way to find rounds. So yeah, um, that'd be the biggest concern. doesn't matter what gun you have. If you haven't got the rounds, <laughs> <laughs> Just using it as a club yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Which can be done as well, but yeah. Yeah. What's the uh, most important item you're taking out with you? Rifle. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you're going for a, a watch, then a rifle, yeah. you couldn't do much without that. So, Do you take any GPS? Um, I haven't got GPS, so I guess the phone is my GPS. Yeah. Um, but binos would be the next one. Yeah. Yeah. What about any other safety gear? Your running first aid kit when you go out. I know a few of the Senate mate boys don't. <laughs> we, I, oh, I don't. I can't remember the last time we took out a first aid, <laughs> which is bad. But see, I've so got yeah. no choice. My mum's a my mum's an ambo, so she's constantly drilled it in. She's always like, "Here's stuff. Put it in your first aid kit." <laughs> I guess that's probably one thing about first aid that no one likes to do is buy it. Yeah. That was, if yeah, if someone had that for me, like giving me sort of you know you, you close to yeah. date sort of stuff, then hell yeah, I'd take. Well, it. in the hunting pack, it doesn't really matter if it's not in date with some. Yeah, bandages. it depends on what it is. Yeah. I guess. So, um, I know there's a New Zealand company that have a. It's another thing that I'm going to have to look up and share on on Facebook after this episode airs, but uh, or Instagram, whatever. Um, but they uh, do like hunting, hiking specific first aid kits okay um which is pretty beneficial you know something more targeted there's a lot of useless shit that you yeah. don't use in a standard first aid kit but something's better than nothing yeah there's always fillers isn't there yeah what about your thoughts on like a personal locating beacon for say victoria yeah. and stuff when you go i like the idea of them yep haven't got one and i guess if i was doing more solo stuff then it'd come more into play Yep. So, well, if I went solo, probably the missus would know where I'm going and <laughs> maybe the boys, but it's even if you knew where you were, yeah, then it'd still be incredibly hard to find you. Yeah, the I, I carry a PLB, another thing that was a present, like you're going hunting alone all the time, yeah. you have to have this. <laughs> yeah. You know, you fall. But I also have it deep in my bag. So, <laughs> yeah. If something does happen, I have to... That's one of them things where if you really needed it, you want it quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I go back to New Zealand, though, I'll have it on the bino harness, so it's... It's right there. Right there. And I'm also in the market of getting it one of those Garmin in reaches as well. So why I'm in areas where there's no signal, I'm going to be able to communicate yeah. with home. But I also yeah. think they have like a PLB type emergency distress... Okay. Thing on them oh. as well. So. Yeah, sweet. They're a pretty good investment, but man, they're pricey compared to what, what the sort States of, prices. I haven't looked at them. What I think of? they're about five, five fifty. Okay. But I think that allows you to text and call. It's basically yeah. like a satellite phone that connects to your phones. So. I'm guessing there's a plan with that as well. Yeah, I think you need a SIM card and yeah, all of that. So yeah, but, but then if you needed it, it's worth it. It. It would be, and that's for sure. So that's why that's on my list. So when I go back to New Zealand, I can communicate with the family back home and yeah. daily updates type thing. So Yeah, nice. 
What's the most sketchy, dangerous thing that's happened to you while you've been out on a trip? Um, well, there's, I think Caleb said this as well. Um, <laughs> it's with Pointer. He was, uh, this is in Victoria. And I was sitting on the back of the tailgate, like in the tub. And then <laughs> Caleb was on the front left, like shooting across the bonnet at a fox. And he was sort of just waiting for it to sort of sit and give a good shot. And Peter's got to idle him. <laughs> and we're like, switch car off. And then he released the clutch and it was in gear. <laughs> and it just lurched forward, kicked me off the tailgate. I was holding a, pretty sure I was holding my 22 Magnum as well. <laughs> Not loaded or anything, luckily. Um, but I fell off the tailgate, landed on my back. The front left tire ran over Caleb's foot. <laughs> And that all happened at the same time. <laughs> but that was, I was one of those things where you're shocked at the start, but you have a good laugh about it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, it sounds like you guys have had a fair few years laughs yeah. about it and Poyter doesn't live that down <laughs> at all. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely a funny moment. <laughs> so. You don't want Sender Mate getting too much bigger because people will be pointing him out on the street going, hey. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Uh, there's also some other things. I'm not sure if you, if anyone's listened to Mutiny, um, the podcast first of the fifth season for yeah. Sanimate. I went through this on there. But um, I guess in the army, that's probably closest point to dying, I reckon, is we're in the armoured carrier and cruising along on, drive, on a driver's course so everyone was sort of teach, learning how to drive. And when you're not learning, you're in the back of it yeah. and you're just chilling. And so this was up near Port Augusta. That's where we did it. And through the training area, there was all these little channels and they blend in pretty well. But you sort of get to know where they are. But um, we're cruising along. I think the max they went was 40 to 50K an hour, which is quick enough when you're in like a 12-ton yeah. just steel box. Um, but we're cruising along and we always had to wear these just Kevlar helmets. And I hated it because I overheat in helmets, and oh, in oh. summer I don't wear. I don't like wearing hats. But I hate wearing hard hats at job yeah. sites. Oh, let alone. It. They <laughs> suck. But um, we'd always have to wear them, and I guess before then I never really understood why. But uh, so at the rear I had like a steel hatch that opened up, and there was probably about one point five by one point five meter sort of hatch. Yeah. And I was just had my hands up on the edge, just sort of talking to someone in there, and the guy that was driving didn't see this channel. And we just nosed into it and come to a dead stop. And I headbutted the corner of the hatch where it was just sharp steel, just steel corner. <laughs> and I, I, I don't remember the impact, but I remember just waking up on the on the floor of the carrier. That's nice. And my Kevlar helmet had a gouge taken out of it. So if that was my head, <laughs> yeah, that would have fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been yeah. Crazy stuff, and I'm sure these things happen in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those training exercises quite a bit. That's probably the worst that I've dealt with. There's obviously a few close calls and stuff like that, but um, I don't really remember, especially on like a driver's course or something like that. Something, some shit like that happening. They're very safety orientated these yeah. days. It's all you can get away with a lot of shit. But <laughs> if you're obviously just being reckless, yeah, then they'll yeah they'll harp on that. 
pretty quickly. Oh, I could, I could see it being a government, a government thing. Yeah, not for your safety though, just for PR. Yeah, they, they don't want to deal with that bullshit. They don't want the paperwork. <laughs> they don't give a shit what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what about the funniest thing that's happened to you out, out in the field? Ah, uh, all right. Um, I originally was gonna say about the Peter thing, but I've already said it now. So. Yeah, that's dang- that. Well, Caleb, if you ever listen to this, you probably won't. But um, if you do, you need shirts made up with like a foot under a tire. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's worth doing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, my funniest thing. This was recently. This is the start of the year when I got that. Um, well, me, Joshua, and Hayden got that. Got buck. Yeah. Um. So, to put a bit of context into it, we'll cruise along just sort of. Near the end of our walk at Southeast, um, we're cruising along. I had a crack at a running fox because there was nothing about it. It was just quiet. And we're like, this, I passed up a spike at the start of that walk. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not, that's not going to be my first buck. <laughs> um, Beggars can't be choosers. No, I was, I was choosing. And we were just sort of walking around. There was nothing about So there was a running fox. I had a crack, went straight over top of him. And he took off. I'm like, all right. And then we come across another one and Hayden got down, was watching it and was waiting for it to stop. And it just, it sit for like stuff all like half a second and yeah. just get up and keep walking. And he's sitting there a few times about to shoot, never shot. <laughs> and then we sort of give up. It sort of went cruised over the hill and he's like, all right, whatever. We start walking and if you get on Senate Mate's Instagram, one of the most recent videos You'll see one of Josh's cramping episodes. <laughs> and I, I, oh, I fucking lost it watching that one. I rewatched yes. it today and it kind of looked like he put it on because of the smirk beforehand. I'm like, I'm like, that does look set up. But You reckon he set it up just because he nah. stuffed up the intro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what he was waiting on. I think he felt it coming and he was trying to stop it. Um, but so we got up to start moving after this fox and then Josh just collapses on the ground holding his chest, groaning, and not saying anything. And we're like, I initially going, oh, is this one of his cramping sessions? Because he has them all the time. He needs to get looked at. <laughs> we need some tests. But um, he was lying on the ground, just holding his chest, cramping. But it was actually his back that was cramping, but he was lying down. So he spasming, back, yeah. But he, so he's just hands on the chest, sort of spasming. Wouldn't, but he wouldn't communicate. And he's groaning, and I'm like, I laugh for starters, and then I'm like, Oh, you mean you're right? Like, and I started getting worried about him because he's holding his chest. I'm like, oh, surely he's not having a heart attack. He is kind of a, what, he's 30, 35, 34, but probably in like an 80-year-old's body. Yeah. <laughs> but, it doesn't, um, doesn't help when you're built like a Dorito, you know? Nah. <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny. And then, so that went for five minutes and then we literally, when we, he was good, took a bit to get going again. <laughs> And then we walked 50 metres and saw those three bucks. So, like, how how good was that? Like, that's... Perfect slow just yeah, down. Yeah, fuck it. Right. Calm just down. I think it sets part of his humour, really, that without that, they probably wouldn't have been there. Or we would have missed them. So. Or 50 metres later, he would have spasmed out in front of the deer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, that's, that's a pretty funny episode, I feel. But it's probably definitely funny if you were there. Oh, man, all... They are, they are, and then hearing these stories back through Centimate podcast with the crew, it's, <laughs> uh, I'll be sitting in traffic, banging my steering wheel, laughing my tits off. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if we went through one of our sort of more recent just shooting trips. It wasn't a deer hunting. It was just Fox's spotlight. Yeah. And uh, it probably wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny looking back on it now. <laughs> but um, we were spotlighting and Kayla was behind the rifle. Josh was on the spotty. I was driving. Ryan was probably, I think he was next to me or Hayden. Um, and we see this fox was early on in the night. I'm like, Ripper, it was only 100 metres away. Sweet. And then he, Caleb lets off a round, boof. And <laughs> I'm like, that went about three feet over. And he re-racks. He's like, that felt good. Like, what, what was going on there? He did that for like three to four rounds. <laughs> and this fox, probably one of the most calmest foxes ever, just letting it happen. And he's always having issues with his <laughs> rifles. I remember going to the southeast in April, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm not sure what my rifle's going to be doing." It took a knock last. <laughs> yeah. Turns out he was zeroed at. Uh, well, it wasn't zeroed. He was still dialed to 400 <laughs> or 600 or something like that. So that was. It's funny to look at now. Well, it's lucky that didn't happen when he was down the southeast for the rut. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Could yeah, you imagine? Would, you'd be spewing. Oh, dude. If if. No one's seen Caleb's first fallow buck. Me saying beggars can't be choosers before. He chose and he chose fucking well. Yeah, it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I don't like, in a way, I don't envy him. Because he'll never best it. Exactly. Unless he goes to high fence and Uh, pays for it. (laughs) Yeah. And how, how disappointing would that be when you get, unless you sort of find there's definitely bigger, but there's not many. Not many. Um, so. He, going this weekend, he wouldn't be looking at fellow at all. Nah. So that's not in his... Get him to shoot spikes yeah. and does. And yeah, it's more meat hunt. <laughs> unless it's a red or um, cheetle or something like that. Yeah. Then it's sort of... I'm going to say it's ruined his hunts for a fellow buck. Nah, nah. Like, you're not going to pass that down ever, but... It's, it's always, like... Caleb doesn't seem as the trophy. They're like, that's all he's in it for. I yeah. think he... Until you Wants get around meet. his trophy then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was there, man. <laughs> I was I was yeah, there. You were there. <laughs> I was there trying to explain to him how big it was. It didn't it didn't set in until I grabbed my red stag and put my red in between the fallow. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you were there. Yeah, that's uh yeah, I did hear that. It was a lot of the other heads would just fit in between. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Josh's red, my red. They're just in between this fella. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I thought my red was like it's not a massive red, but it's it's pretty big. Yeah. But then get putting it between a fella. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's hard to fathom. Uh, really, it's it's nuts. <laughs> but no, good on him. Like that's that's an awesome first. Part. Oh, dude, it was the emotions at the time when he took that. It was just incredible. Like Josh and I were one way. And him and Hainsey went the other way and we get a phone call going, Caleb's just shot a moose. <laughs> <laughs> and we've ran back. Yeah. And yeah, took I, the car down to him. And I hear Hainsey was eyeing that off for a while. but Yeah, yeah. But so, Hainsey's very selfless. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's shot a lot of good deer and he's just very selfless. Yeah, and anyone that knows Hainsey is going to, he's going to give the shirt off his back. Oh, you. dude, he's, he's the nicest bloke you ever meet. Yeah. Like, he's just, Incredibly nice. What are your top five dream animals? Elk, for one. Uh, red. Samba. 
I'm going more local here. Um, <laughs> Come on, outside, yeah, outside Australia, the big picture. Wolf, yeah, I love to hunt wolf. Um, any state in particular? You? Not really. No, nah, I haven't really done that much <laughs> research on where wolves exactly are, but they're they're expanding. What um skin skin color would you want? Would you want like the whitey, real grey white? Or yeah, real the, dark grey. No, oh, then again, you get some real sort of dark, almost black wolves that yeah. look killer. So, um, but I wouldn't be too picky. Skin, or would you go full mount, or? Uh, now I'd say full mount, but then I think if I priced out the prices of it, then it, I wouldn't get much of an up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'll just take the skin. But no, I guess it's something, well, especially in being in Australia, that. When's your next chance? Yeah, exactly. So you'd have to go and get that mount, I reckon. I reckon a full mount standing on like a rock formation so you could mount it on your wall like halfway up. That would look sick. Yeah. Especially with some of their eye eye colours they get Mm. like. But that'll be a killer hunt, I reckon. Because I guess it changes up a little bit and they'll be hunting you. Yeah. Have you ever heard the John Dudley story of him? No. Shooting so. an elk and then the elk dying in the wolf den. Oh. And then he's got like four arrows and I think the guy with him has a rifle with two or three bullets and like six or seven wolves come yeah, in. Fuck that. It's their it's their fucking kill. And he shoots like happens. he shoots three wolves with the bow, they shoot two with a rifle or something like that, and they've got like one arrow left and the wolves retreat. Yeah. They so, say if you pick out the alpha and you take him out, <laughs> you, the pack's gone. <laughs> You'd see. But it's, uh, <laughs> I, I and it's not like that. they're wearing a big collar with an A around them no. saying, I'm no, the alpha sure. when they're all coming in at you. You're not. <laughs> yeah, if they're charging, you're just firing. So that would be a hairy situation to be in. I'll have to send you the link to that yeah, story. Sure. It's. What would, you, what would you chase up that? And they say, what? They get well, to the point. It, it and died. They've got happened. into the wolf den and they've looked around and there's all bones and yeah, shit lying around. It's too late. Like, well, then. Wolves start sounding off around them. It's a fucking killer story. Again, awesome. pause the podcast right now. Go listen to that, then come back. Yeah. <laughs> that's a... Yeah. Yeah, incredible. yeah, I'll definitely check that out. What about Afterwolf? Uh, I reckon Black Bear. Black Bear. I don't think I'll be able to... Grizzly seems just too full on. Yeah. Um, but a Black Bear... Like, I'm not sure what time of the year or when they actually are more focused on the berries. Yeah. But from what I hear... Spring. Yeah, if they're... With their smashing berries... Yeah. Then that's the time to get them. Rifle? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't break out a compound bow and start practicing oh, to... I've shot a compound bow about 12 times. Yeah, ever. So I might if... take one of these on the wall and <laughs> go practice. Go practice. But... Nah, I'd have to go rifle. For right now, if I was felt confident with a bow and yeah. I trusted that, then it could be different. But it's hard for me to say bow now, especially <laughs> with a bear. Have you seen the uh, video of Clay Newcomb where the black bear comes and sniffs the end of his arrow while he's sitting in the ground blind? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I've seen one climb a ladder yeah. on their tree stand. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I've seen that one. That's that's intense. That's but this one at Clay Newcomb... Um, he works for me, dude, and now he's got the Bear Grease podcast. Yeah. But he's sitting there, and there's a black bear comes up, 
and he's in a ground blind. He's got a recurve bow, and this bear just walks up and like touches the tip of his arrow. He's not even at full draw. He's just sitting there, and the bear touches the tip of the arrow and then turns around and he shoots it. Oh, yeah, his heart would be gone, wouldn't it? Well, the bear's from me to you away, like your yeah. arm length away. That's how far this bear comes. <laughs> yeah, once you've got to hear it breathe, that's when shit will get hairy. <laughs> That's that's crazy. Oh, it's another. If you haven't watched that video, pause it. <laughs> Bear hunting magazine <laughs> podcast on YouTube. Go watch that. It's it's it. I've I've watched it about a thousand times. Yeah, <laughs> so many videos tonight. Oh, dude, <laughs> I sit down with the kids and watch watch some of these videos. They they love it. Yeah, especially the youngest. He 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 loves bears. So watching those ones with him, he. He throffs on it. <laughs> and I see, like, obviously in the last, not to talk about you, but um, you're getting the kids more involved these days? Always, I, I always try and get them involved. Um, it's hard with a eight-year-old because he loves his sport so much and he has only grown up around hunting a little bit. Yeah. But the youngest one, that's all he's known, you know. He was a week old and I was butchering deer with him in a chest harness okay. <laughs> on yeah. my chest, so it's all he's known. Yeah, nice. You know, he he's probably the only two year old with a understanding of death. Like, <laughs> it's it's because te- I'm bringing dead. <laughs> yeah, one thing it teaches you though, like, oh, his use. Yeah, he he eats venison. Like, um, when Caleb came here and done the podcast, we had venison curry on in the slow cooker. Yeah, and he comes running in, running up to Caleb, and he's like. Deer meat, deer meat, deer meat. Runs up to the slow cooker, pointing at the <laughs> the deer meat and the slow cooker to Caleb. And Caleb's like, all right, mate. And he runs up to the mountain and he's like, deer, deer, deer meat. And then runs back to the... <laughs> so, yeah, he's got the connection. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Which is unusual for kids these days, let alone yeah. a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, imagine his show and tell at school when he gets there. Oh, well, he's he's got a room full of stuff to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them won't be accepted, but... I'm sure he could. I took goat heads to show and tell about school. bows, but oh, <laughs> sporting goods. It's not a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favourite thing to cook? Um, wild game. For wild game, it's probably chops. Yeah, chops are probably quite simple to just butcher out of an animal if you have, you know, the hacksaw or something like that. Yeah, but. Using handsaw to cut them out when you're doing um, it. So you got a, a ripo saw. Like obviously, <laughs> we all know Hainsy. Um, he's he's butchered up a few of our deer before, so that's handy. He's insane with a knife. Yeah, and a bandsaw, and again saying how you know how nice of a guy Hainsy is, and he's always sort of willing to do that for you. Um. Which is awesome. But then there's obviously the handsaw. I haven't got one myself. And then the boys tried the recipro yep. a while ago. Um, I think that's still on the cards. So, <laughs> But I, ne- I need to get myself a handsaw because that's probably meat on a bone just brings another level. Yeah, if you if you do it right, you can do it with a – yeah, get a bandsaw or a ripo saw. Um, yeah. And then if you just want ribs, there's a way to cut – down the down the ribs and bring bring the whole lot off with the okay. ribs with just a knife because there's the little ball joints that connect the ribs to the spine. So if you hold the knife on the right angle and I just glides through that it, all 
glides through yep. it reasonably enough, which is that's awesome. Yeah, I yeah, didn't know that. <laughs> Where's that link? <laughs> Don't know. I might have to make it. Yeah, have to get go take, shoot a deer and I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing that'd be the same for if you wanted to do that with whatever animal. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. works better with you know goats, fallow, anything, um, anything you know bigger. Try doing it on a red and yeah. bigger, bigger fallow. It's quite hard. You know, it blunts the knife because you're going through that ball joint. Yeah. Um, even a tomahawk helps. Okay. Like if you got nothing else, a tomahawk or a machete, you can just yeah, cleaver or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it all works and just a solid knife, really. Sorry, I'm just trying to find that backpack again. Yeah, no, it's no, no, that's like, all good. It's killing me. <laughs> I'll I'll see it and I'll be like, how the fuck did I forget that? <laughs> Thank God for the gram, eh? Yeah, I don't think I posted on it. I thought I did. But now it's somehow lost. And what about snags when yeah. obviously Haynes yeah. is helping you he, do snags and that? His sausages he makes are amazing. <laughs> so what's your go-to, the um, Mexican chili or the country barbecue he does? Um, country barbecue I like, yeah. I'm not a, If you gave me a choice, I wouldn't lean to a chili. Yeah. Um, I've never been sort of... One to go that way if I had the choice. Yeah. Are you white flowers spicy, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, uh, I guess when I was younger, I couldn't handle it. Um, these days I can eat it, but I just enjoy a, like a non sort of yeah. chili or spicy meal. So, what about taking gay meat to the missus at home? How does she, yeah. um, she loves it. Loves it. Yeah. She's willing to try whatever. Uh, are you cooking it or is she cooking it? Um, I'll cook it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I pretty much cook the meat at home. <laughs> and I'll just get her to sort out the veggies and whatever. Had otherwise. she had game meat before she met you? I don't think so. No. So she oh, she might have tried it because her grandpa is a bit of a, I'd say, shooter, not hunter. Yeah. Um. But so I guess guns weren't foreign to her, but... I'm not sure if she's, she'd tried game meat before. What about shooting? Had she shot? She'd, I think, dabbled a little bit with her grandfather and then been a marksman and stuff like that. Ha- yeah. Have you taken her out? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> and you'd understand when you, you see how busy she is. Oh, I, I know what it's like with her. <laughs> yeah. So it's if, if I could find a weekend to take her out. One thing was hard to find a block because I didn't have a block local. Yeah. So that was the one step that I couldn't sort of... So, just quickly, South Australia, you're allowed to target shoot on private property. Other states, you can't. So just making that that now. Um, are you allowed to go target shoot on that property with the owners? I've only been once yep. there. I haven't asked that question. Yeah. But when I asked the guy if, he, if I could shoot on his property, he didn't miss a beat and it's like, come whenever you want. Yeah. So, and then... I mentioned like oh, I got a couple of mates that I shoot with mainly, and he was open to that as well. So I, if I said that I was wanted to bring a target during the day and just have a shot, yeah, I don't see him having an issue. He'd probably come out with us. Yeah, no, that's good. So. That's good. It's it's hard to get a good property owner that gives you permission, let alone yeah, gives you somewhat free reign. Um, yeah, I'm exactly. quite lucky there with the couple small properties I have access to. Um, but yeah, it's. It's a hard thing. So you went and door knocked for that? 
Um, I'll, we were using his block for a yeah. dump site for soil for work. So, and I had to go to his block just to organise it. And that sort of got me through and broke the ice, I guess. Yeah. Just sort of in communication with the guy. And um, I actually started talking to his old man, which we were using across the road. And he had, it's actually less acreage there, but I didn't know his son had a property. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you get many foxes and stuff around here? And he's like, oh, a couple. And he's like, well, but my son's got more and it's probably better to shoot at because his old man's is all vineyard. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, oh, so I got his number off his old man and then took me about two weeks before I got around there and his old man already teed it up. So Perfect. it was already sort of organised and I just had to make the call. And yeah, it is, went pretty easy. Is that your first bit of property you've gotten access to or have you no, gotten access I've to? I've had... Property out Churro, um, out towards Wakefield. Yeah. Um, the guy out towards Wakefield, he was sort of, he was fine and just sort of something just sort of went and he was just got, got a bit weird. Yeah, it, it, it does happen. Um, how have you found getting access? Is it all chatting or have you done letter drops or? I've never done a letter drop. Yeah. I've always sort of chatted with people. Yeah. Like I guess the one towards Wakefield, that was through my ex. Um, Churo was a guy from the army. His parents owned that. Perfect. Um, and then this recent one's just from work. So, I guess I've probably sort of been lucky how I've sort of come across them. Yeah, it it is one of those things where you just chat and you yeah. drop subtle hints and yeah. If you don't try too hard for it, you're not going to sort of <laughs> scare them away. I guess. Yeah, it's a hard thing as we discussed before with South Australia not having any public land to go chase these ferals on, um, you're kind of left to go door knock. Yeah. Um, people let her drop. And then the properties that are, you know, semi-decent or decent, they've had, you know, <laughs> a thousand people go door knock on that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I can understand the property owner's sort of concerns as well when so many people come and ask and you're like, how, do, how can I trust you yeah. to not damage or kill livestock or because once it's done you can't go back on it exactly and then it's hard enough to get someone to pay for something they broke let alone the, what they've killed or or they could just or if someone's been on that property they've stuffed it up in the past and then they've yeah. got trust issues with letting yeah, exactly the hunters or shooters on the mm. on the property <laughs> but then, i guess the biggest problem with most property owners is someone from their family shoots yeah and friends yeah that's sort of they're not going to be keen on sharing it because it just sort of diminishes on their family members' return or f- hunting on their land. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's something I've found quite a bit. Like that property I was telling you about before we started the podcast, you yeah. know, oh, nice property you got here. How many acres? Oh, about 800. Oh, nice. Do you have many issues with ferals? Yeah, we do, but we've got a family member that deals with them. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and once you get to that point, you just you shut off. Yeah, yeah. There's no point. You just... <laughs> Cut your ties and leave. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard to when they they go. Oh yeah, we got family friends or family member that sh- shoots on it. It's hard to just break that to that next point. Yeah. Going, you know. Yeah, exactly. Do you mind if I? <laughs> I think the only way you can get on there is if you already know the family through yeah. something else. And yeah, and, yeah. And that's what I found like chatting to, because I deal with a lot of customers face to face. So chatting to them. Oh, what'd you do on the weekend? And you oh. Oh, I went hunting. Oh, nice. 
my family friend does that or, you know, I've been to a family farm. Oh, they've got acreage and you just work that. Yeah, exactly. You know, test people's waters and see see who has family with property or, you know, someone's mum and dad's going to have property or uncle and auntie. Oh, they've got property. Can we... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you send us a number or make the hookup? <laughs> yeah. And like that's... Picking up property, like, it's great. And... But there's always a chance of a neighbour. Yeah. Or a family friend or someone they know that's got property as well. You gain their trust and it's going to go a world of good for you. It does. In the surrounding area. So it does. It does. But what, yeah, fingers just crossed. It happens. Oh so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like you said, if you can get a few more properties off of that one that you got access to, you'd be cheering. Yeah. It's a, uh, not a far drive for you at all. No, it's what 20 minutes. Yeah, so that's probably perfect. the closest block that I've had. So usually they're about an hour. So you can sort of, you know, if I wanted to shoot tonight, for example, yeah. I could have went or I could have done just any night and sort of work night. So when you go out for foxes, are you mainly spotlighting for them or do you get into your calling? I know um, you chatted about um, fox calls and your Fleximart Samba call. Yeah. So that um, last hunt I went foxes, I, we went about an hour before sundown. Yeah. And tried a bit of calling, just sort of sat around and sort of just because we had no idea what was going to happen. So we just thought we'd give it a crack, see what comes out. Nothing did during the sunlight. <laughs> um, but a lot of my fox hunting's been spotlighting. Yeah. But it's somewhere where I want to go with fox hunting is calling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we use the yeah, Flexmark Samba caller uh, as a reed caller. Yeah. And that's the first time I tried it. It worked killer. They're cool. Um, um, there's another brand, Australian-made brand, from Western Australia, down under Predator, Predator Calls. I'd uh, highly recommend to check them out. They have um, a few different different types, but yeah. they've just come out with a new new call, and it sounds so good. The um, owner of the company sent me a video of him. He works on mine sites, and, you know, mine sites, Western Australia, yeah. dingoes everywhere. So he's just there standing up against the fence calling dingoes in and birds are going nuts. <sighs> yeah, it's... That would be good fun, just calling just for the sake of calling. Yeah. Just to sort of... It just all adds to practice, doesn't it? Well, you check out some of the old school Australian bow hunters and foxes are their bread and butter. Yeah. And just the amount of skill these guys have calling and shooting foxes with a bow is just... Incredible, like they're calling him into five, like 10, five yards, and yeah. they're shooting them with a bow. I've never really had too much luck calling foxes in during the day. Like, if I spot a fox and start squeaking, I can usually get it to come in, but just setting up during the day and then calling a fox, yeah, like blindly, I don't really have. Have you tried it that often, though? Every time I go out, yeah, I'll, right. I'll set up that sort of, I'll set yeah. up for you know, half an hour just sitting up against a tree in a spot that I feel that it's going to be good. Yeah. Never really have much come in. But <laughs> if I see a fox, I can call it in majority yeah. of the time. But, yeah. Okay. It's, well, it's, what sort of, like, because I guess the only calls I've really used before, obviously everyone's used a button whistle. Yeah. Um. So I've got had flex mark, 
the protocol Josh has, which is just like a, I don't know what you call it, but is that the rubber it, tube? Yeah, yeah, rubber yeah, tube, yeah. sort of That's, rubber flex tube. Yeah. Um, I was trying to remember the. Uh, I'm shit with. Names. We've always called them donkey dicks. Yeah, because they're just the big black rubber thing yeah. that you you can shake them, you can pump them, which is works killer. They they yeah. they have a good sound that come out of them. So yeah, I've used them. I've used button calls. I've used um, yeah, folded tin calls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the down under predator calls, down under predator calls. I've um, used quite a few of theirs. They do um, a couple of three D printed plastic calls. They yep. do the the metal folded um, diamond series call. That's pretty cool. And then they've done this. Um, tube read call that uh, okay. it sounds yeah sounds really really good. What I liked about your sort of read callers is just easy to use. Yeah, where yeah folded tin um, the name stripe like I'm forgetting the name of them silver fox yeah whistle. that's one. Um, they take a bit of practice. They do like you have to get them right. Mm. Um, you know sometimes you get the thinner tin ones. You get the cheap. Yeah. Like there's so many different types of them, but it's just trying to get that pitch perfect. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, some of them you have to bend the tin a little bit just to get it right. It's almost easy using a 22 shell. Yeah, 22 <laughs> shell. Um, I've had, I'll probably go on here somewhere. There's a, there's a read call, but um, people have drilled holes in shells and like yeah. 243 shells and you can whistle from them. There's always a way. Yeah, there's... I'm a big fan of using my hand. So just. Ah, okay. That's, awesome. That's just, something. Yeah, I can't do that. Josh can, but. Uh, it, yeah. I've called more foxes in with that than anything else. So if I spot a fox while I'm out hunting, I'll just back up against a tree and do that. And they turn around like that. But yeah, sitting on a tree with a whistle in a spot waiting for a fox never seems. <laughs> So I have so much respect for when people can call in foxes. Like yeah. That. Well, this one, it was on the spotlight, and I think they're way easier to call in at night. Um, but this one, I caught a flash of his eyes yeah. about 100 metres before we sort of saw him again. But we'll just sort of cruise along, did a bit of calling out the window, and I was just searching the hills, and got a flash of his eyes, so he just glimpsed, and then I lost him. Didn't see him again for probably a good 10 minutes. Yeah, they do that. Like they yeah. like get down real low and just like kind of sneak off. <laughs> I reckon he's because he was three quarters away up this hill, and I reckon he's gone over the hill. And then I'd, we went around a little bit further. Not got a different angle or anything. It's just to a different point. We had a different, better view down the valley. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'll just, just we'll just sit back here for ten minutes or whatever. And just give it a bit of a call. I started calling in, and then probably two minutes later, he come back over this hill, and it was a good seven hundred meters away. And I'm like, fuck, it's going to take a bit to get him in. <laughs> so he switched the lights back off again. I started calling. 30, 40 seconds later, turn back on. He's like 200. They and cover like, ground. Fuck. <laughs> so lucky to get him. And he was only, I think it's just over 100 meters, but I was just surprised how quick he came in. And yeah, that's what sold me on trying, yeah, the flex mark. That's awesome. That's so. awesome. But yeah, definitely practice doing the squeaking on oh, your, sure. your thumb and your finger there. Like, it. It works an absolute treat, especially if you just spook a fox when you're out walking. Yeah. You can usually turn around. That way you're not 
finding a cool like, yeah that you'd never <laughs> have at the time. Yeah. yeah, I I always have. I've always got two tucked in my bino harness. Mm-hmm. So I've got like a little pocket that sits between the bino harness and my chest. Yeah. So I've always got two in there that I can always <laughs> <laughs> That's handy. fling out. Yeah. So how do you see the public views on hunters and hunting? I think it sucks, to be honest. Um, you obviously sort of know what you're exposed to. So if you don't really sort of venture out of that hunting community, you think it's great. Yeah. But um, the general public, one, just have no idea. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think they actually understand that actually happens or a lot of shooting is quite popular. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the attitude behind firearms or anything that can kill it, it's just, it's pretty poor and mainly just out of fear because there's no education. There's no sort of, which is not their, f- I guess they're not their fault because you're only going to know what you know and you're not going to try and search what you don't because you don't know. How do you find bringing it up to someone that you've just met? So whether you're say at a party or I'm chatting happy, to a new yeah. co- co-worker or. I'm happy to talk about yeah. it. Um, How do you find just, the reactions? The reactions are generally pretty understanding that I've had. Um, that'll all depend on how you portray yourself yeah. in that moment. But it also depends on how they're going to re- react too. If I if I start trying to explain to someone and then they just sort of, that switch goes and they sort of almost yes. just start attacking you and you're like, well, I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, see, I, I, I haven't found that too much. Um, I found a lot of people when you're talking about it tend to be very curious. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then depending where the where they come at it from, like you jump to, oh, this is the meat side of it, or this is the conservation side of it. Mm. Or I find meat the meat side of it um, works a lot better. Yeah, and because most people eat meat, so there's something they can understand and sort of relate with. Have you um, just say like your missus friends? Like, have you gave them? venison to um, try or no i haven't actually. no <laughs> i think this trip if i um it goes well then yeah i'll be sharing about a bit more yeah so, awesome yeah because you've only taken a couple of yeah i haven't had that many yeah that many deer so. you shot your first buck what when was that in the last no, year the start of this, start year. Of this year yeah man it, it seems like for, long. it seems like forever ago but this year's just gone like that as well yeah, yeah i went bow fishing with you after that buck Oh, wow. Yeah. And that... That feels like forever ago. Yeah, that was forever. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good morning out. We've seen only a couple of fish. It was pretty quiet out. But yeah. I think Ilias went back out the week after and had the cops called on him in the, uh, that spot again. That same spot. <laughs> I drove past that start of last week. No, mid last week. Yeah. Because um, we're coming back from Tail and Bend and drove past to be like, yeah, i got a couple of mates that... <laughs> yeah, bow fish through there. It's, it's, it's the house <laughs> on the other side of that spot that calls the cops yeah. non-stop. Just it's... Karens, man. Ilias actually got bailed up, so the cops rocked up. And then the person came over went, who rang the cops mm. and came over and started trying to fight Ilias. What's... Yeah, I don't get the motive. They're like, oh, there's kids in the area. And this is across, like, you, you know the spot. Yeah. So this is... The spot's out of the way and then there's like a main road and then there's houses. There's a main road, then there's like a block of land, then there's a street and then there's houses yeah. on the other side. And yeah, he was 
like think of the children. <laughs> <laughs> just a typical sort of extreme sort of overreaction. Yeah, just insane. It's like the arrows on a string. It can't go far, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's I guess the one big thing is just they don't know, and they're not willing to sort of te- like learn to better understand your situation. Yeah, exactly. And the cops have been really understandable. I reckon I've had the cops called on me about four times out there. Yeah. And Ilias has had them two or three times. And every time they're more curious than anything. But the first time that we had the cops called on us out there, we were almost halfway back home on a dirt road and we started seeing cop lights in the dust behind us. Pulled over. They pull in behind us and they're like... um, you boys have any weapons on you? Like, oh, we got some compound bows that we've been bow fishing with in the back. And they're like, oh, because we've had reports that there was a couple guys in some wetlands shooting pelicans with bows and arrows. <coughs> it's like, uh, no, we're bow fishing in some wetlands. Told them the spot, and they're like, yeah, that's that's the spot that we got reported to. I'm like, well, here's some videos and some photos of the fish that we got. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, well, we've got someone in that in that near that spot now. I'm like, well. If you go here, there's a pile, a pile of dead fish. Yeah, and so they've got something to go out there. And but where's like, a dead pelican? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're like, we've had cop cars going out in every direction from Murray Bridge really? looking for you guys. I'm surprised <laughs> they tried that hard. Oh, it was insane. But now they just laugh about it. Like yeah. they know who's going to be there. Well, they know <laughs> when, they, when they receive a call from a certain someone. Yeah, they're like, oh, fuck, not this kid. <laughs> These good old boys just taking taking some fish out the river. Yeah. <laughs> How would you change the public views on hunting and hunters? Um, just communication. So, as I said before, you only know what you know unless you go out and try and find it. But communication between a hunter and a non-hunter. Yeah. Um that sort of sort of forces them in that environment. But if you handle it in a certain way and sort of more sort of mature about it and you don't try and jam it down their throat like they do on their views to us. <laughs> um, as you said, a lot of people are understanding about it and they're more curious than anything. Have you found sharing photos of your hunting experiences on social media? What type of backlash have you had from family and friends and that from the past? I've only got the one auntie that's yeah. sort of not a fan of it. But she still <laughs> likes it and... Yeah. She understands, um, but most, of, well, pretty much all the rest of my family is sort of country orientated. That's pretty so good. Then. That's not. There's no issue there, um, and with the public as well, like just general people. There's been a few people that are sort of like commented saying, "Oh, you kill animals," and then <laughs> you sort of like, "Yeah, well, yes, I do," and but I also eat the meat. Yeah. Or for example, foxes and all that. It's just like, well, I kill this fox, but I save these lambs. Yeah. Save these lambs, save yeah. these native birds, <laughs> save these snakes, yeah. lizards, all of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you should be reasonable about that, regardless of how they treat you. Yeah. Um, it sort of brings them back to your level and you can actually have a conversation and that's when you can sort of, you may not turn them or they may not agree with it still, but they understand. So do you reckon, say, use your auntie as an example, if you brought her around to have a roast, some roast venison or something, something like that would change her mind on it. See, it's or? funny because she she eats. Oh, I haven't seen her in a long time. But um, if she she eats meat, so 
I think if you didn't tell her that it was deer that you shot <laughs> straight up, um, she would eat it. And what do you think about doing about that? Lying to someone about what they're eating. What's when my it comes views to on what? that? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of think it's funny, but I, I kind of <laughs> understand how someone can be upset about that as well. Yeah. So I I had an ex girlfriend in the past, and um, you know she was just accepting of the hunting, but she's like, oh. I'll eat goat, but I won't eat deer. <laughs> okay, okay. So I gave a goat one night. Yeah. No problem. I cooked goat again, venison, served it, and she's like, oh, this is awesome. It was goat, wasn't it? I'm like, <laughs> no. She's like, that wasn't fucking deer, was it? I'm like, yeah, and tears galore, man. So she was more in love with the idea of a deer. Yeah. Then. And it's, it's something that Ronella says there's a great great clip of Ronella arguing with a vegan mm. not arguing but talking to a vegan at a book signing thing and he's like vegans and vegetarians love the idea of deer yeah where i love deer in general so i'm not i like deer as a collective i don't like deer as the individual so yeah me hunting the single deer is beneficial for the whole idea of deer yeah. where vegans and vegetarians who are against the hunting side, they see the individual animal and they're more for the yeah, individual animal. Yeah, they would save all than... individual animals until they get to a point where they're starving each other. Yeah, starving each and other. And that's so much worse. <laughs> so uh, I, was, I thought of a point. Um, I've lost it. <laughs> nah. Dear wow. vegans eating. Come on, you should be a professional at this one now yeah i'm not uh <laughs> so Caleb does a good job and edits it out um i think the harder i'm thinking about this i'm more i'm losing it so the, well, the more you listen to me you'll realize that i'm having got the best memory especially oh, certain shit but um i have the same shit this is a podcast it's free-flowing so yeah these, these things do happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nah i've lost it it's gone it. it's yeah. gone so what is hunting to you Hunting, to me, is a way, well, there's a few things. It's a way to source meat. So there's no more natural way to resource it than to hunt. Um, and especially this day and age where everyone's after organic and free range and all that, was, there's no way to beat that. Quick note there. Do you think your hunted meat's organic? What do you mean? Like, define your organic. Well, organic's like no GMO, no... Um, probably the most organic, but it depends the, where it's from. If you're down the southeast, these, yeah, no, these deer getting, are yeah. eating on the loose, and mm. yeah, no, like there's they're not, definitely they're not organic. I mean, they're coming from <laughs> fucking most likely Brinkworths. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be things there as well, but they're been a lot better than what you buy. It's free range. Or, it's free range. I just or, wanted to, yeah. Just wanted to. I, I I love pulling people up on that <laughs> organic thing. It's like if the deer are going and eating crops, are they organic? Well, it's a plant. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to call nah, you out on that. Nah, that's right. Um, so yeah, for me, uh, the other reason is it's apart from hunting with guns, the hunting aspect of it is yeah. 
back to being a human in nature. And that's probably the one thing society lacks these days. Do you find that the bond that you make with your friends that you hunt with it seems to be stronger than oh, heaps stronger. your friends mm. that you don't yeah for sure hunt and yeah it's uh you can't the hunting and just the afterwards as well um either butchering or yeah. just sitting around the campfire so just because your army background I don't have an army background but do you find like hunting with your mates in say a group and then butchering and all of that do you find that's kind of like a army connection in the trenches type thing or it's different different um i guess it's sort of they sort of relate a little bit in the one thing the army you sort of got learnt to do and the reason you connected a lot was 90 percent of the people that you're with you could actually trust them yeah and when if shit goes down you could trust that they would have your back or if you're overseas on deployment that they would have your six or anything just covering your ass yeah. while you cover theirs and you can just trust them with your life. Um, hunting with a mate, I guess there's an aspect of that where they've got a firearm and shit could go sour real quick yeah. if things weren't uh, taken into proportions. So. But there's definitely um, a bond there that you wouldn't sort of get the same with as just a mate that you go drinking with. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I've found that guys, like, being a guy, you know, you can catch up with your mates once or twice a year. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you you catch up with them like you've seen them yesterday. But those mates that you go hunting with, you, it just seems like you got a stronger Yeah, and you're always connection. communicating whether it's on social media or yeah, something like that. Yeah, there's, there's that. But you've also, you know, you're bonding over these things that not many people do. You're one-on-one out in nature yeah. or whether there's a group of you and then, you know, you're going back, you're butchering it, you're having a couple of drinks around it, then you're cooking it. And yeah. No, I agree. It's um, it's hard to match. Yeah. So. So what else is hunting to you apart from? It's a way to just get away from society. Um, growing up in the country, I would always want to go back to the country. Yeah. And I'd rather live somewhere where I can't see a sign of anyone. Um, I'm sure all hunters would think the same thing yeah. as well. But it's just a way for my escaping reality in a way. And that's just a re- it's like a stress relief or just a it, reset. It grounds you. It's like yeah. yoga or whatever. It just one, once you're out there, just everything resets. Like yeah, any- for sure. Work stresses. It's I just think that's all why that. it sucks coming back home again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you're going back home to bills and work and uh, it, just... For me, it doesn't stuff. suck going back home. It sucks going back to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, generally, you come back from a hunt and the next day you're working. Yeah. Oh, so, it's just... Yeah. You put everything away, go to sleep, and then, bam, straight back at work. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's hard. Yeah. So, if people have enjoyed what they've heard tonight, where can they find you on social media and send it, mate, podcast? Um, so myself, I have Instagram uh, as s.couch21. Um, Facebook, which I've got that on private, but generally if you're a hunter, I'll add you if you add me. <laughs> so that's just Shannon, or Shannon Couch. Yeah. Um, TikTok, Couchy21. And then send it, mate, sort of podcasts. We have Instagram. 
TikTok and Facebook. So that's all Cinemate podcast. Yep. And then listen on all all yeah. podcasts, podcast platforms. Yep, correct. Uh, every Monday night or Monday morning, sorry, we release. It's but, it's definitely a great way to start your working week. Yeah. Kicking it off with Cinemate. It, it, it gets rid of that Monday artist, I guess you can call it. Because Monday at work, you're looking forward to that podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it sort of takes away that sort of distraction of just like, fuck, it's Monday. I've got four more days left after this. Oh, that's it. Hearing you three talk shit, it, um, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, Especially this last, what was the one that came out Monday? You do not remember the title of that one? Uh, switch and bait. Yeah, bait, bait, bait and switch. switch. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. Oh, that, just, <laughs> just that hour of talking shit before you actually started the podcast, you know. that's They're, they're definitely good fun. And <laughs> I guess at the start. Because I only come on to Cinemate at the start of the fifth season. So what are you, four or five episodes in now? Seven. Seven. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's gone quick. That has gone quick. <laughs> seven? Yeah. I can, I can check it, but I'm pretty sure it is seven. Yeah. Um. It's uh, obviously at the start, I was sort of a little bit sort of, on, you'd say a little bit withdrawn. Um, you sort of don't want to over talk the other two guys. And it was good to be having three people because you could sort of bounce off each other and... They would pick up your Caleb's a little bit quiet sometimes, but he's loud when he needs to be. But Josh is just boom, boom. So trying to get a <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a word in with Joshy there. Yeah, I think um, it works out pretty well because when I've got my quiet nights, Caleb picks, picks that up, up, and then vice versa, and it just works. And yeah, you know, there's definitely I think there's times where it's me and Caleb going, and Josh is sort of just chilling for a second, withdrawn. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is never withdrawn. He's probably just. Cramping or something. He's, he's definitely not deep in thought, so that's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's it's good fun. Oh, it's it it is a great podcast to listen to. You know, I've made a lot of good friends through through that podcast. You know, yeah. Well, that's how I've met you. Uh, yeah, that's how yeah. I've met you. I've met Hayden. You know, Ryan, one of the the ex ex hosts who you've. You've come on and yep. taken over for when he stu- stood down. So there's Rich, Steve, you know. Josh. Yep, like all all of the well, group. Josh, I knew before the yeah, podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, true. Or Hainsy, not Josh, but Hainsy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rich. A bunch of the guys have been on. Um, mm. You know, so if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, go back check them out. They're all worth it. Um, one of my favorite episodes was with Rich. Um, yep. The sound quality isn't the best. It's very quiet. Rich is a very, very quiet talker, but he's a quiet talker, but what he has to say is worth listening to. Yeah, for sure. He's, and just a top bloke. Yeah. No, he's like uh, the old man of, or the <laughs> father of the shooting group. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely good, but thank you for coming on. You know, no worries, I gave you pretty short notice. That's right. <laughs> Other guests <laughs> fell through, so I'm just like, oh, catch you, get over here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I probably made it hard for you in the process as well. Nah, nah, we, we made it work, mate. We made it work. So, yeah, go check out uh, Catchy on social media. Go check out Centimate Podcast if you don't listen to it. If you do listen to it or you're just subscribing, go give a five-star rating. They deserve it. They're yeah. a funny... So funny trio give us a review so iTunes yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> whatever platform you use well you can't review on Spotify you can only drop a five star yeah, that's right. a review there's no written review just yeah. five star hands down five star they're they're a funny bunch to listen to and 
surprisingly, you learn a bit. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, you get something out of every episode. You know, Josh might have his um, bit of information there that he brings down from the army. and. <laughs> but uh, thank you again, man. Thank no you worries, for mate. coming on. Thank you. Check out us on Instagram, Hunting Connection Podcast. Facebook, Hunting Connection Podcast. Twitter, at Hunting Connect. If you've enjoyed, please share with friends, family, tag us in your photos on social media, subscribe, rate, review to help us grow the podcast. Thank you very much for listening and have a good one.